Attention freelancers and solopreneurs. Freelancers and solopreneurs. You are tuning into The Remote CEO, a show that will help you scale your business, become the authority in your market, grow into a better leader, and create your remote empire. And now, your host, acclaimed business coach and entrepreneur, Deniero B. What's going on, CEOs? This is Deniero B, and you are listening to the Saturday interview episode of the Remote CEO Show. I always make sure to have the most interesting guests and ask them practical and actionable questions so that you can take that knowledge and scale your business with it. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on your podcast app. It only takes a couple of minutes and it will make a big difference. Now, don't forget that we do release the five-minute episodes every single day at around 6 a.m. Eastern time. So subscribe to the show and you will get bite-sized actionable content delivered for free to your device. Also, share this podcast with other fellow entrepreneurs, freelancers, and solopreneurs. You're on the rise, so it only makes sense that you share this journey with like-minded people. And don't forget that the more you talk about these topics with other people, the more you will understand them and make them part of your everyday life. And now, let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Jeroen Korthout with a seven-person company. Jeroen has built a CRM company that competes with the giants in the industry like Salesforce, HubSpot, and Pipedrive. It's the number one CRM on Product Hunt and has more than 2,000 companies actively using the software. And it's all supported by a team that is, again, hundreds, if not thousands of times smaller than the teams of the competing companies. So today, we're all going to be talking about business automation, how to run and scale a remote sales team, and much more. So stay tuned. Jeroen, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. You? Not bad at all. Again, thank you so much for being on the show, Jeroen. And as always, can you tell us a bit more about your background and why you became an entrepreneur? Oh, uh, why I became an entrepreneur. That's a, that's a rather long story. Let's say I always like to, to build stuff. Um, when I was a kid, a lot of that was um, like building little, I don't know how to say it in English, uh, bricolage, like making small stuff. Uh, yeah. At some point I was playing in the woods and making camps and making weapons and all, you know. Uh, and I think the moment that it started becoming sort of what I do today is when I was 15 or 16. Uh, so that's about uh, 20 years ago. And I, um, I found out about uh, building websites. And it, 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 it actually started when I was 14. There was this thing called GeoCities, which you could build these awful websites, but it was very simple. Uh, you could just drag some stuff into a thing. I don't remember exactly how it worked. And you had these, these websites with all these kind of animating things, you know, and a counter at yeah. the bottom, all that. Uh, but sure. at some point that started becoming slightly more professional. And I discovered uh, how to work with HTML and with Flash. Uh, there was a lot of flash uh, at that point and i built this very nicely animated website uh, that looks very fancy nowadays flash has been totally banned uh, but back then you could build your whole uh, website if you wanted in, in flash um and that's when i started like building these for other people and i saw myself having a company you know i would build websites and 
um, and I actually wanted to go study computer engineering because mm -hmm. I thought that's gonna like that's that's the right study then then I'm gonna make it um, I remember going to to the open day and it, it didn't it, it didn't seem so attractive as I thought it was there were a lot of nerds building stuff that I didn't really understand what they were for <laughs> so I was like okay maybe not computer engineering um, I ended up doing uh, electrotechnical engineering and biomedical engineering and some business management and business school and stuff but that's a long story uh, in any case um, I did some other stuff like wh while I was a student like uh, I had this second-hand cell phone business uh, oh, wow. I really liked cell phones and it, it seems very attractive also as a source to make money but way too often the cell phones would uh, stay uh, like they say stuck to my hand like oh my god this is a nice one and then you know yeah I, it became more of a passion to upgrade my own phone than uh, than it was to sell uh, cell phones <laughs> to, to other make people money. <laughs> for sure um and actually when i was doing business school i figured very much that i wanted to start my own company um but i didn't really feel like i had the experience to do it so i i was like zero experience just apart from building some websites and selling some phones, you know, what do I know about the business world? Yeah. Um, and that's why I started working a big corporate actually at first, um, where I thought I would have a responsibility over a certain product and a, a few products and put them in the market and all that. That was a, a misunderstanding. I, my responsibility was very, very small. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I didn't do that for long. And then I um, went working in, in a consultancy, which was actually a really great step in between uh, consultancy slash agency, um, where I uh, sold projects to big pharma customers, um, okay. big digital projects. And I would be responsible for uh, the delivery as well. Um, and that really taught me how to sell stuff, how to make budgets, how to plan things and all those kind of things. Um, and slowly from there, I started, um, going part-time, um, okay. trying to start some companies. It failed most of it. And Salesforce is the first, uh, quite successful one, uh, that I started. That's pretty cool. And you know, a lot of people that I interview, they all have one thing in common, including myself. And it's the fact that this is not the first venture. I always tell mm -hmm. everyone if like, you know, people are afraid to fail, this is not a problem at all. Like keep on going, learn from your mistakes and uh, move forward. Very inspiring story, man. Listen, I want to talk about to really the, the reason why we have you on the show today, which is sales and, you know, business at large automation. All right. Mm -hmm. So how important is it in 2020 to have a process that it's automated both in sales and in business from your perspective? Uh, I think automating a lot of the process is very important. Um, if you're, especially if, if everything becomes remote, uh, every, everything becomes way more digital. Uh, everything can be managed with software um, and not using that opportunity um is a is a huge missed opportunity because um you can save so much productivity uh stress uh, all these kind of things uh, build better relationships be way better organized if you're using software in the right way uh, to automate the right parts within your uh, process uh, whether that's your uh 
sales uh, process or your content marketing process or your whatever process uh, in all of these places there's stuff that you would normally uh, find yourself like doing mindlessly uh, or or where you have to analyze a whole lot of data or organize a lot of data where computers can do this can do this in a way better way than you could you could ever do it um so i think more and more that becomes essential and it's also one of the only ways in which you can uh you can deliver value to a lot of people like we have uh, a lot of companies using our software but we just have a small team serving those that would not be possible without all this software automation a hundred percent and you know i uh here at the remote ceo really we help people do a lot of the automation and delegation as well but let's again focus on automation because this is really where your business comes in mm -hmm. uh, what are certain tasks that you still believe need to be done by human beings because of the human element and what is generally speaking everything else that you should be thinking about automating yeah i think the the main things you should focus on is where you as a human being uh, feel where you can add the most value. Um, so for a salesperson, uh, the core part of the, the sales process where the salesperson should, should stay in control and it's not software taking over is the, is the conversation with the customer is mm -hmm. uh, talking to a customer asking like, so who are you? Uh, what do you do? Uh, what are your issues? How can we fix those? Think about it together and say, okay, maybe we can do it like this and that, and we'll do this for you. And then it's like, okay, what's this going to cost? You know, this, this conversation is something that you can't just automate, but then most of the rest of the, of the, the sales process is actually stuff that I believe should be automated already or will be automated very soon. Um, mm. If you're thinking about, uh, I, I, I mentioned content marketing earlier, uh, creating that content, uh, I think, and, and promoting it, uh, well, at least like writing the copy to promote and all those kind of things, I think it's still uh, human because you, you're communicating uh, from humans to other humans and it's not something you, I know there's <laughs> tools nowadays that pretend to write content with AI, but it's, it's mostly a lot of, uh, rehashed stuff uh, if, yeah. it, if it at all makes sense um in accounting you can say a similar thing like i i used to do my own accounting for uh for my uh, my management company yeah where you basically take an invoice uh, type over some stuff put it in the right lines and that's that stuff that uh that is very repetitive like every quarter it's the exact same stuff um so a computer can take that over where it's uh it's interesting to add value is a lot of other things like okay how we're we gonna plan your cash flow which things should 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 end up where how we organize your finances that's where an accountant can still add value it's not really in in doing the bookings you know? yeah for sure so basically yeah we got the point the idea would be to see anything that can actually be standardized and and and, and can be done on a repetitive uh scale then that can be automated yeah, um definitely. i i want to dig a bit deeper in the way that you have organized your own business uh because i'm assuming that the way you're running your business is the formula that you would like all other businesses to 
kind of apply, especially when they're using the CRM. So mm -hmm. how did you scale your business to 2000 B2B clients with such a small and, and counting 2000 and counting uh, with such a small team? How did you make that happen? Man? Yeah, it's, it's a step-by-step -step process of uh, searching for the right formula and then uh, automating or delegating that. What I would definitely not do is, is just, uh, uh, create a whole automated process and then try to run customers through it, for instance, uh, <laughs> because most uh, likely the process will not make a lot of sense. There will be a lot of uh, loose ends. Uh, customers will be frustrated and all that. So what you do in the beginning is you take the whole process uh, and you do it manually. But as you go, uh, you start feeling like the parts that where you feel you have nailed the process uh, and when you, where you can start automating. Uh, it's a matter of going through it a bunch of times, um, being there with the customers, seeing how it goes, seeing what's not going well for them, what's going well for them, what they actually want. Uh, and at some point you, 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 you get it uh, and you're, you feel like you're repeating yourself endlessly. That's the moment where you can say, okay, let's, let's now automate this part. Um, and this is a very gradual process. Like we're, we're, for instance, doing this now for six and a half years, uh, where you go from, from really taking your customer by the hand fully manually to a place where at some point they, they don't really need you anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. and that's, that's then where you can also try to scale that even more. That makes total sense. So the idea here will be again to test everything by hand, quote unquote, at the mm -hmm. very beginning to see what actually works, what makes sense. Then once you find, okay, this we, we got this down pat. Now what I want to do is automate it. So do you use third-party apps as well to automate the workflow? Or every time that you find something that works, you kind of uh, adopt it in your own, uh, you know, like software, for example, especially when it comes to sales? Both. Um, it, it depends, you know, it depends where you see the core, uh, like where we see the core of our software. Uh, if we believe that something is really essential to uh, the value that the, the software offers, we will integrate it. If we don't believe it is core and uh, it's outside where we draw the lines of what the software uh, means to people, uh, then we will not. Uh, we generally always use the best software for every purpose. Uh, and we integrate most things using a tool called Zapier. Yeah. Um, that's, that just pushes over data from here to there. Um, that makes that we, well, for instance, have the best uh, tool for landing pages. We have the best tool for uh, email marketing. We have the best tool for everything. Um, and um, and we, we neatly integrate these things so they work together as one whole. Okay, makes total sense. Listen, um, I want to switch gears for a minute here because after all, I mean, you are a CRM company, so we need to talk about sales today. And I want to really ask you, in 2020, I know that a lot of people that used to work, I used to be an inside sales for a very long time. I used Salesforce mm -hmm. for years and years on end. I mastered it, but I also hated it at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. So with that said, sorry, Salesforce, but... Um, 
you know, how much does it cost nowadays in 2020 to hire a team, especially a remote sales team looking at the COVID situation? Um, is it as expensive as it used to be or can you start in a leaner way? Well, I, I think the main challenge that remains probably is to uh, onboard salespeople, uh, to get them up to speed. Uh, but a lot of that also, uh, you can you can use, for instance, a, a good CRM in which you track all the things. You see all the communication going. As a manager, you can go in there. Uh, you combine that with a tool uh, where um, sales calls are recorded, so you can check in and see how the sales calls are going. They're automatically analyzed, and you sort of see the points. Like, okay, let's check in here and there. How's this going? You can then advise your uh, your salesperson all these things. Uh, you just get on Zoom and you say, okay, that call, you said this and that. Maybe it's a bit, it's a bit better if you approach it rather that way uh, because as you see the customer then responded that way. Uh, so there's a, a lot of possibilities to coach even though uh, salespeople are in a completely different spot geographically. Makes sense. And I mean, like with this huge change in the way that people are working right now, um, how much they impact the way that you're designing, if at all, the, the way you're designing the software moving forward? Are you taking into account these changes that are happening in 2020 and moving forward? We are we are looking at that. Yeah. Um, I must say for a lot of our customers, it didn't impact so much. Um, we are focused mostly on, on companies like agencies, uh, software development companies, uh, software companies like ourselves. And, and a lot of those, despite maybe sometimes going to a meeting with the customer, a lot of their sales process was already remote, uh, mm. involving a lot of emailing and calling and all that. Yeah. Uh, although there are some small changes that happened. Um, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, a huge shift there. For us as a company, the, the biggest shift was our internal communication, uh, mm. how we systematize that and all that. Um, apart from that, we haven't seen a, a big impact. That makes sense. And, um, you know, I was just wondering, again, like when it comes down to, you know, marketing strategies uh, as a, as a um, software, as a service, right? At the end of the day, like how do you structure your marketing to target B2B businesses that may be in need of your services and how efficient has it been so far? Yeah. So what's, what's uh, maybe slightly special about CRM companies is that um, uh, people, when they, when, they, when they join your software and they've decided, they stay for a mm -hmm. while. Um, so it's not something that people are switching all the time. It's not, people are not looking for a new CRM all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so you need to catch them at the moment that they're looking for one. Um, we get a lot of our leads, um, through word of mouth. That's probably our first channel. Then second is, uh, people either searching on Google or, uh, or searching on Google and finding us on review sites. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then after that, it's, it's content marketing, uh, where we can make the most, uh, growth is on the latter, like on the content marketing, uh, and the SEO, um, because the other things sort of grow as you go, uh, with you, uh, but they mm -hmm. are not places where we can, uh, sort of push, push any, any levers or so. 
um, so we spent quite some time um, creating great content. Um, our focus is not on, on quantity of content uh, right now. We've already created quite some. Uh, it's more on uh, creating quality content uh, that really engages people so that uh, they, the content itself, like Google sees it gets a lot of engagement and it starts ranking higher and higher and higher as we go. Uh, so we can get more leads from there. So we have some habits as we call it running um, mm -hmm. where we um, every month do a certain amount of things as input. Like we uh, create uh, at least one uh, SEO post, uh, usually more uh, per month. We um, do one onboarding improvement, one uh, improvement to our support approach, a few growth improvements. Uh, and this we do sort of on a schedule to always keep uh, improving the value, adding more value to customers uh, in, a, in a consistent way. For sure. Very interesting. You know, um, HubSpot, for example, is very famous for doing, you know, content marketing as well. They have mm -hmm. a whole system behind it. Um, I, I used to use HubSpot as well. I do want to ask you a question about uh, word of mouth. So you're saying that you're getting a lot of leads from there because I'm assuming that like people start using your software and then they really like it, they like the support and mm -hmm. then they spread. So that takes me into my next question, which was, what does your CRM, Salesflare, do that other CRMs don't to the point where people are like, hey, you got to check this out? Yeah. So, so we, we built Salesflare, uh, like, you, like you sort of said already, from our frustration with current CRMs, um, mm -hmm. where the main issue with CRMs is um, that they're just not used properly. Mm -hmm. um, so why that happens is salespeople need to um, use a lot of their time and energy filling out a CRM. Uh, they don't feel like they get anything in return either because a lot of CRMs don't really help them with selling. Uh, these systems end up being um, a system where management looks what you're doing. So it's not like you're going to input a whole lot of data if it's just for, for other people to sort of uh, serve, uh, like, like look at all the stuff you're doing. Um, even if people really want to use it um, to organize themselves and companies have um, good intentions, then very often it fails because at some point you have the good intentions and you're, you're filling out your CRM well. Um, and then all of a sudden something changes. Maybe you, you, you start being very successful at selling and you feel invincible or there's just a, a drop in discipline for some whatever reason or so. And then uh, the amount and the quality of the data in the CRM starts, starts becoming worse. And even if that just drops a little bit, uh, it stops being a system on which you can re rely to rely. know the latest customer information and when you were last in touch and how everything is going and all that. Uh, and then the system fails. So we figured that that is uh, a big issue. Uh, and we also figured that it's actually uh, something we can solve. So we saw that when we were using CRM systems that uh, most of the time we were just uh, documenting stuff we were doing in other systems. We were like duplicating data uh, technically. Mm -hmm. uh, so we figured what if we build a system that plugs into all these other systems, uh, sort of uh, 
automatically connects that information, brings it up to you, it surfaces it, and it helps you to curate it in a way that you have to spend a very minimal amount of time on data input. Mm. And then from there, because there's so much data available, uh, that it also starts helping you based on that data to, to sell better, to not forget certain customers, to not forget emails, to uh, always put meeting notes, to you know uh, send some automated emails. Um, and that's sort of where, where Salesforce was born. Um, so st still today, it's, it's the only system I know of at least um, that is built uh, for automated data input first and only takes manual data input as sort of the fallback or the extra thing where all other systems are built the other way around. So they're, they're manual in, input systems where some stuff is automated, automatically pulled in. Uh, we take the opposite perspective. Very interesting. So you're talking about integrating with other platforms. Can you give us a, a small example of what the software can do? Yeah, so it's... Uh, it's a lot of uh, connection with the email inbox is a, is a big uh, thing in here uh, with your calendar, with your phone, with some uh, company databases, email tracking, web tracking and all that. Uh, so for instance, when it connects to your mailbox, uh, it uh, detects who you're in touch with. Uh, so it's, it's these names and email addresses, obviously. Then it goes look for uh, email signatures in the emails. So it picks up things like positions and phone numbers and addresses and maybe some social media accounts. It also goes check the email address in a, a, a database with social information. So it pulls some of that in as well. And it calculates your connection strength to people. And it does that for everybody in the team. So if you look at a company, I can say, oh, this colleague of mine knows that person well, or actually that person knows that person better uh, based on all the communication they're having in their mailbox or calendar. Um, and also from there, it's, um, it pulls timelines of emails. It knows when you were last in touch with a company and you know who and all these kind of things. And that's just based on the, the email inbox. Combine that then with your all these other things I mentioned as well, like the like the calendar and the and the, the email and web tracking is linked to it, and all of that combines in such a way um, that it's a sort of a living system. It self-populates, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next question was actually about uh, future projects and what you guys are working on. I was wondering if you're planning on maybe connecting your platform to like, I know, for example, some of my clients do a lot of outreach and lead generation mm -hmm. on LinkedIn and as well as on other platforms. So are you planning on getting, you know, for example, connecting to LinkedIn? So that if someone is, let's say having a uh, DM chat in, in the actual like inbox on, on, uh, on the messages section of LinkedIn to pre-populate on the platform as well. I'm using that just as an example, but do you, can, yeah. will you be able to do something along those lines? When it comes to LinkedIn, we love to uh but linkedin is not entirely helpful uh, in that respect so i was in touch with them i think last two months ago or something and they still have the same uh idea uh the personal linkedin uh nobody can connect to like mm -hmm. personal dms which is what most of our customers are asking for uh mm -hmm. that's not something they're planning to open up and then for a sales navigator, they keep it very, very limited, the amount of partnerships they do. And it's not even very useful to our customers. Like most customers want yeah. the personal DMs, not <laughs> the sales navigator yeah. ones. Um, sure. But we do have things like outreach built in. 
that's like I said before, uh, we decide what's core and what's not core to our product. Uh, we believe that communicating with customers is very core. Um, so we have this uh, thing called email workflows in our software uh, that makes that you can make automated flows of, of emails, for instance, until somebody replies or clicks on something right. or whatever. Uh, and that's all also uh, on top of the data that's already in a CRM. Uh, so yeah. you can also say, for instance, like start sending emails if a person reaches a certain stage in the pipeline and we don't have a phone number and then whatever, you know, you can, you can go crazy with your sort of rules you put on top of the data uh, yeah. and send automated sequences from there. Very interesting. And uh, so right now the business, like, are you planning on staying at seven people or do you think, or you foresee the business actually scaling to a point where you would have to hire people at least maybe for, uh, for, for other tasks, I'm assuming? Uh, I, it's hard to say. It depends on the, the amount of work we see in different places. Um, probably first thing is hiring an extra developer. Um, but that's, it, it all depends on where, where we have work. We don't, necessarily need to scale um, our team like crazy or something yeah no i love that i honestly love that lean mentality like i i don't like when people go in onto a, like a, a new business and you know they get a round of funding and, and funding and then all they do is just hire people buy ping pong tables and uh and call it a day i've seen way too many businesses grow that fast and then just crash right after because it, of it's very hard as well. It, it sort of breaks your internal workings. Uh, we have a team now that is very stable, uh, that does very qualitative work. Everybody know, knows what they're doing. You know, we're very organized. Uh, as you add people to that, it becomes more and more chaotic. Uh, it obviously also increases costs. So yeah. unless you have this huge amount of funding, it's a, it's, it's a bad idea. Yeah, uh, so sure. we're very cautious with, uh, with adding people to the team. Yeah, makes sense. Jeroen, it was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And I know that uh, the people at home right now or anywhere they're listening to the podcast would like to know more about you. So where can people find you online? Yeah, so for Salesflare, you can head to salesflare.com. Uh, Flare is F-L-A-R-E. Uh, and at the top right, there's a button that says something like try it for free and you can use the software for anywhere between seven and 30 days because our uh, trial becomes longer as you set up the software further and sort of mm, gamified. Super cool. And um, if you want to connect with me, you can do that on LinkedIn, uh, but please leave a, a personal message. Otherwise I have no way of uh, distinguishing you from the regular spammer, um, <laughs> All right. everyday spammer. So. <laughs> For sure. Jeroen, again, thanks a lot. And I'm looking forward to having you back on the show in the future and enjoy the rest of the day. Sounds good, you too. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again, and I will talk to you again soon.